Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Shaking the cobwebs out. (laughs) So, you've had one cup of coffee? Yes. Watch the sun come up? Yes. And there's some beautiful revelation you're going to share with me. Oh, wow. I love your your, uh, (laughs) confidence in me. (laughs) I I actually was thinking about something... in doing these podcasts, I have not gone back to look at all the subjects that we've covered, but just the thing that's been kind of pressing upon everybody is the reality of the things that we're living with. Um, mainly, you know, the two-pronged uh attack of COVID-19 and the American political system right now. And I'm assuming it's like this for most people, that unless you're completely unplugged, those two things are a constant reality in your life, Uh, at least at some level. Uh, You can't escape them. It's, It's ubiquitous. It's around us all the time. And wanting to be able to talk about things in these podcasts, but not always returning to the same subjects. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like, you know, life gets stuck in a rut. But you can't, I mean, it's the rut that's in front of you. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to just ignore it because it's what everyone's working through. And so, all of that being said, it made me think about how when we address these subjects sometimes, at least for me, there's some tiptoeing around things um, because, at least for me, you you never know what the consequences of what you're going to say might be with somebody. Um, You know, I said something in my sermon yesterday that was not original to me. I heard it from somebody or read it somewhere else. I forget that we live in a time when your worst two minutes defines your life right Mm. now. Mm. Um, That we're seeing it all the time. Um, There's this guy... Many of you out there may not even know who he is. I think his name's Gene Wojciechowski. He's a 
a sports writer for ESPN, particularly basketball. And I don't even know the full story, but something happened. Somebody sent him a tweet, something. And he responded with an F-bomb on Twitter to this person. Well, from the little bit I've gleaned, you know, ESPN finds out about it. And he's been, uh, I don't know if he's been terminated or suspended without pay. Um, and it, it's not that I condone dropping F-bombs all the time. Maybe ever on Twitter. <laughs> I don't tweet, so. But the fact that, you know, in a moment of emotional weakness, which I'm given in the benefit of the doubt, he does this, that then this becomes his legacy in some respects. Mm. Um is sad to me. And so it makes, that's just an example of how it, you know, we watch the things that we say because you don't know exactly how people are going to take it. Sure. Um, so the last thing, sorry, I'm on a monologue here. You're good. Uh, it's sad because you almost, have to wear a mask at some level to um, hedge your bets against uh, severing relationships that are important to you, but yet you're not sure that that person's at a place where they can hear what you have to say without the pendulum swinging so far and they take so much offense that they are like, that's it. It's a strange kind of way to live right now. And and so the tension of, well, those relationships are important. That might be the response. So I won't say what I'm really thinking because I don't want that relationship to end because it's important to me. Right. So then we live with the mask. Yeah. And things get lost in translation and then you feel misunderstood or unheard. There are all kinds of results from from that it's really sad um and i'm particularly thinking about it in the in the political arena um as it relates to our presidential election and then the the uh co-opting of you know, mask wearing and the pandemic and how it's been politicized. Hmm. And just something as simple as that, whether you wear a mask or you don't, can be the reason why some relationships end. <laughs> is I guess I'm just still flabbergasted that yeah. that's where we've kind of landed as a people and for all of the wonderful, and I, that's not even a strong enough word, for all the wonderful qualities and things that Americans have done and who we are as a nation, the fact that we've devolved into elementary school children who are fighting on a playground, getting their feelings hurt, is... I'm an amazingly sad thing to me. 
Yeah. And so as individuals, how do we, what's the best way to realize that that's the, the tone of our community right now? What's the best way for us to do no harm and how to walk, you know, humbly (laughs) and, and sympathetically with ourselves and with the people around us and how to be as gracious as we can. I mean, I don't know how you can possibly do that without having a high priority for getting yourself centered and grounded first. And knowing that we're going to blow it anyway, (laughs) we're also going to make mistakes even if you do that, because we're not going to do that perfectly. I've been thinking about the, the series that we've just finished. There are three parts. There's the white queen, the white princess, and the Spanish princess that are historical dramatizations on stars of the, the different reigns in England. Um, and the last one, without giving away too much information... Catherine of Aragon has pursued being Queen of England her whole life. She's been prepared and matched um, to be the Queen with King Henry's older brother first, and then he dies quickly after they're married, and then she is determined to marry the brother King Henry, and just to watch what she does in that pursuit and the suffering and the, the strategizing and the determination that she has to do this. And then at the very end, you see all of her pursuits. She has an awakening of, oh my gosh, this is not what I thought. I was going to get. So the very last scene is so powerful. She runs outside and gasps for air because literally the air has been knocked out of her. But she's had this realization that she's been pursuing something and it turned out to be not what she thought and very painful. And so I wonder if right now people are waking up to the fact that all their lives they've been pursuing something And they're realizing, this is not what I thought I was going to get. Yeah. um, I think I'm tracking with you. I'm, of course, still thinking about it kind of on a national scale. And as as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the quote-unquote American dream. Yeah. And the younger generations right now looking around going, Oh my God, is this what we sacrifice for is what we're witnessing today? Cause it's hardly worth the sacrifice to, for the blood, sweat, toil and tears for the state of the nation at the moment. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, we, we've got to be able to do better than this. 
And I'm, that is not one political party condemnation. It is the entire uh, system at the moment, which is only self-serving for the most part. There are a few probably honorable people sprinkled in there. Um, but just the the self-service that we see to be reelected at all costs in order to ride their perpetual gravy trains. That's my opinion. Um, and it's, they're not public servants. Uh, they're public tyrants in so many ways. And I can understand the disillusionment of the younger generation saying, this is not, this is an American nightmare, not an American dream. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of my hopes. I think I'm, Always looking at... <laughs> I know, you're the optimist. <laughs> at the silver lining, here it comes. <laughs> I'm hoping that there will be a lot of awakenings in people individually for themselves. Like, wake up, what is life? Who am I and what am I pursuing in this new world that we live in now? What's really important? What do I want to base my endeavors towards in a meaningful way so that we're not just flat footing down the road of life anymore. Let's make this on purpose. Let's make our pursuits worthwhile and go in a direction that our hearts say, yes, now that's worth, that's worth doing it for. So I, because I know you, I understand what you mean by those words. But someone could hear those words and say, you know, let's follow our pursuits when our hearts say yes. Well, I think that's what both political parties are doing Mm -hmm. and they're destroying us. So, you know, how do we nuance that to where number one, it seems, has to be a good, long, hard look in the mirror to say, you know, the the slough of despond in which we live is, it's my fault, at least in part. Uh, but right now, you know, blame shifting and throwing stones at the other side is all that our parties know how to do. And until they realize their culpability, their own, in the horrendous place we're at, I don't know how our we get to that place where we can pursue out of some kind of clear conscience without it being, um, you know, totally self-serving for one side or the other. Well. Humility is the thing. That could be the impact of this virus because everyone's on the same playing field. It doesn't pick political parties. It's. Everyone is susceptible and everyone can suffer. Everyone could die. I mean, it's, um, it makes you realize that we're all fragile and we're all human. And what, what do we need as humans? What do we need to thrive and to feel like we belong and like we're doing something um, that's truly right and truly good. Yeah. 
it at some level it gets back to there's got to be some ethical and moral underpinning in your life wherever that comes from you know for me it i believe it comes from our creator seen in jesus that we sacrifice for one another we see the the image of god in everybody that we meet and not just those who think the way that we do and that in, if that's gone it's no wonder we treat each other like pariahs and animals um Yeah, so what is it going to take for us to be able to see God in one another? Crisis. <laughs> oh, gosh. The crisis of faith. And it's sad that it would take that, but I understand that for a lot of people, that is what it takes to wake you up from your slumber of pursuing one thing blindly at the detriment of yourself and the people around you. Yeah, that's true. And to go back to a a previous podcast early on, I think we talked about, you know, the pandemic is not of God. And I would just reiterate that, that this crisis to wake us up is not God trying to wake us up. It's the consequences of our own sin and darkness and just, stuff that happens in life, hopefully we wake up. I think God's trying to walk with us through it and he suffers with us and that he wants us to wake up, but he won't force us. Yeah. Last night as we, or as I saw, you know, the numbers for COVID in the world and in the United States, it made me think of those graphs that people will post, you know, well, this isn't much of anything because people have died, you know, this many more people have died of X, Y, Z or whatever. So thinking of crisis waking us up and I, I don't, I'm no epidemiologist or so I could be wrong. This is my speculation though. That's how many people have died under the fairly extreme measures we've gone to try to mitigate the damage. What if we just didn't do much of anything? How much higher those numbers would be? Um, And would that be the wake-up call? Gosh, how many people would have to die for us to say, oh, you know, maybe it's time for us to start treating each other with some civility and we actually are in this together. Um, Rather than looking with... uh, um, not just skepticism, but with what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, suspicion. Mm. Looking at the, each other with suspicion through this that, you know, you're trying to do me in. You're trying to shut down the economy and crush us, or you're trying to reopen the economy and crush us. And uh, it's wearying, you know. I, we keep coming back to some of this stuff, but the fatigue is truly there. And what are going to be the long lasting consequences of physical and mental and spiritual fatigue as this continues to wear on. Yeah, it's almost like unless the suffering comes and knocks on your door, 
and you are intimately affected by it, then you can keep it at arm's length. Mm -hmm. But until you come face to face with it or someone you love does, I think it's hard for it to really impress upon you the how serious it is. Yeah, and the same goes with every other humanitarian endeavor, you know, uh, until you're personally connected with somebody who's affected by immigration or whatever it may be. It's an abstract theory of, you know, it, you can keep it at arm's length. That's true. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't have those policies. Don't misunderstand me. But it brings flesh and blood and humanity into how we think about uh, equal rights and immigration, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, how do we work towards the common good uh, for everybody without anarchy? And that, I think, is also the importance of listening to people's stories because we can't all be intimately affected by every issue, but we can listen to the people who have been with a really sympathetic, open heart and learn from their experience and be softened by it. And then we're building community where the people who are called to work in one area can go and do it effectively. And they've been heard and they've been given, you know, the power to go do that. And then we work together. Each, each person you know, touched in a certain way and then impacting the collective community through that personal experience. I mean, that's the ideal (laughs) Pollyanna world. Well, no, I think, but that's good. You know, it's goes back to the title of our conversations here, counting the stars. We've, We've got to have that hopefulness uh, within us and in front of us to to look at the future and to count the stars and but realize that you know as we all gaze into the heavens, the stars we see are different, and to listen to the stories of the person next to me who may not look like me or think like me, <clears throat> whose history is different than mine but understand why they're counting the stars the way they are. Um, You know, it goes, I think of this often. um, So take it for what it's worth. But uh, I think of that one habit that Stephen Covey from his seven habits of highly effective people, the seek first to understand, then to be understood has stuck with me to really try to understand why somebody is coming with the perspective that they have uh, before I just try to impress upon them why I think my idea is so much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Carry on into your week. <laughs> Keep counting the stars. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter, and we're all really just one big family. 
So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time. Peace.